Before we get started with today's show, I want to tell you guys about betonline.ag. Football season is officially in full swing. All of your odds, bets, props, and parlays are available with betonline.ag. Use our promo code BLEAV50, that's B-L-E-A-V-5-0, to get a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. BetOnline, where the game starts. afternoon or good night however and whenever it is you may be listening thank you for stopping into another fantabulous episode of the take it easy podcast live on the Believe Podcast Network, except it isn't live because it is a podcast. A podcast. Podcast. I don't know why I'm going Boston with the podcast. Welcome in, everybody. It's September 15th, according to my count. It might not be that according to your count because this is a podcast. Because this is a podcast. It might not be September 15th, according to your count, but because it's a podcast, you may be listening. However, and whenever it is, you may be listening. And we thank you for stopping in. We're going to be joined by a Boston Celtic fan here on the show today. It is Morgan from Australia. You know Morgan from Australia, the wonderful queen from down under who is going to be joining us on the show. Again, we're going to talk about the New Orleans Saints. We're going to talk about, um, well, I guess we didn't talk about the Robert Sarver case. We, we kind of like made a passing comment about it off air, but not on air today. Uh, we're going to have a bunch of fun stuff talking football. Uh, we talk actually a little bit about what our A block is going to be about, and it's once again one of those games of the year in the NFL, which is uh, the NFL strategy because everyone is still healthy at this point, so we can put the best games early in the season. It's why, like, for four consecutive years, Lamar Jackson got destroyed by Patrick Mahomes in September because the NFL just kept scheduling the Chiefs and the Ravens to play each other in September. And eventually the Ravens finally won. I think it was last year they won on Sunday Night Football against the Chiefs in Baltimore. For like four straight years, the Ravens and Chiefs don't play each other this year, but for like four straight years, they played in September for some reason. It was like 2018, 2019, 2020, and 2021. The Ravens played the Chiefs in September for some weird reason. But the NFL always schedules their best games early in the season. Bills-Rams was, at the time, thought to be one of those games of the year that you must tune in because it's going to be absolutely entertaining. And they put the Super Bowl champions against the Buffalo Bills, who are the best offense in football, according to most people, and the most talented roster going into the season. And most people's picks, to, I'd say more people, actually they are Super Bowl favorites 
currently in Vegas. And according to our friends at Bet Online Sportsbook, Buffalo is the current Super Bowl favorite. And so it looked like it was going to be one of those games. And then we learned very quickly that Matthew Stafford is a broken shell of himself and won't be able to make it through the season because he has elbow and shoulder injuries going back to last year and had elbow surgery. And we talked about it on two episodes last week. We talked about it on Thursday, and then we talked about it on the post-game show on Friday following the Thursday night football NFL kickoff. We talked about Matthew Stafford and the Rams, so you can check that out where we thought it was going to be one of those games of the year. And then they put the Chiefs and Chargers against each other in week two because the NFL is starting out their Thursday night football on Amazon Prime partnership with Kirk Herbstreet and Al Michaels and an extensive broadcast team on on prime video i think they have like andrew whitworth and ryan fitzpatrick and maybe tony gonzalez and carissa thompson and uh that is the the money that amazon prime is pouring into their sports content and they're hoping to generate 12 and a half million people to watch that game on a streaming service, most of which, you know, the people who are watching the game already have Prime. And then they'll get, including myself, another million people who are bootlegging it on a bootleg website that I can't mention on the air for risk of uh, them taking down the bootleg website if someone listens to this podcast. But basically, I'm going to bootleg Amazon Prime games because I don't like buying Amazon Prime. I don't really like supporting Amazon, even though it's impossible to be a moralist in a capitalist society. What I do want to talk about with Chiefs and Chargers is that this is one of those five matchups every year that I think of as like a must-watch NFL game. And again, I'm sorry to whoever it was at, at Football Outsiders or one of those big football writing websites where they basically ran the analysis on the last 40 years of NFL football and found that basically every single year there is between five and six elite teams in the NFL there are five to six teams that we might classify as tanking teams and then there's about a group of eight to 12 who are what we think of as playoff teams or fighting for playoff teams then there's another group of eight to 12 who are below average teams third place in their division type of teams and that trend, uh, you could think of it like a bell curve from left to right, where there's like a big group in the middle and then like five or six really good teams and five or six really bad teams. That trend has remained relatively consistent for as long as the NFL schedule has looked similar to what it looks like now, which is, you know, two division games, every team in another division, at least relatively constant to that model of, of scheduling and the current, um, you know, there's 32 teams, but basically as long as there's like 24 or so teams in the NFL that keeps the schedule relatively constant, there's been about five or six great teams, five or six bad teams, and a whole lot of blah in the middle. And that's pretty much been the general trend for 40 years of NFL football. There are some outliers, some exceptions. For the most part, that's how the trend breaks down just because of how the schedule breaks down and the the number of games being relatively constant between 16 and 17. 
And so for years, I kept saying there's always like five games every year that are like must watch games. And when I first started doing this analysis on a podcast, it was basically like the Chiefs against the Ravens. It was the Chiefs against the 49ers. It was the Packers against the Patriots or whatever it might be. Like it involved the same few teams over and over again as like these teams are fun. These teams are must watch. It began around 2018 when I really started getting back into football after being out on football for a few years after the Chargers left San Diego. And then Patrick Mahomes brought me back into football for what's basically now a generation. I mean, this is year five of Mahomes starting for the Chiefs. And, you know, this is the fourth year of doing football analysis on a podcast. And so it was basically always like Chiefs, Rams, and Saints. And the Chiefs, Rams, and Saints were the only teams that could be involved in one of these must-watch games. Either they play each other, and it looks like that magical 52-49 to Chiefs-Rams game from 2018, or it was the Chiefs against the Patriots who ended up going to the Super Bowl, or it was the Rams against the Seahawks, or whatever it ended up being. Like There were always these handful of games that were like must-watch every year, and then it was Ravens 49ers, and in 2020 it was Baltimore versus the Chiefs, and then it was the Chiefs versus Tampa, and then it was, uh, I believe the Chiefs played, wasn't Dallas, I can't remember who the Chiefs played that year, but the Chiefs played, maybe it was... Buffalo, no, Buffalo didn't win their division that year. Maybe I'm thinking of the Patriots again, but there's basically like five matchups every year and they always involve either the Chiefs or the Packers or the Chiefs and Tom Brady or Buffalo and Tom Brady. It involves the best teams in the league. And this is one of those matchups because off the top of my head, if I were to think of who the five elite teams in football, the five teams that realistically have a chance of winning the Super Bowl, if we're thinking of who those five teams are, it is this year the Kansas City Chiefs, the Buffalo Bills, the Baltimore Ravens, the Los Angeles Chargers, and then insert your fifth team. I'm not exactly sure who it would be, and it might come. It might actually be the Cincinnati Bengals. But like, insert your fifth team into the equation, whether it's Green Bay, whether it's Tampa, whoever else you believe is the team in that group, and. The AFC has these four great teams, and the reason the AFC has these four great teams is because of these four great quarterbacks, whether it be Patrick Mahomes, Lamar Jackson, Josh Allen, or Justin Herbert. And I know I haven't talked about Justin Herbert within this context until last week, where on NFL Monday, which by the way, you guys really enjoyed NFL Monday. Thank you for supporting that episode of the show. NFL Monday, my entire analysis of the Chargers and Raiders game was Derek Carr was the problem for the Raiders. And holy shit, Justin Herbert is good at football. Like, holy shit, Justin Herbert is so good at football. And Justin Herbert is now reaching that place where we've seen a large enough sample size to dictate that Justin Herbert is one of those elite handful of players in the NFL. And Justin Herbert, if you remember, he started week two, and I... I, I got into a back and forth. I've done this a few times with our friend Juju from the Slump Buster where he talks about Trey Lance sitting for a season and I vehemently disagree with the idea of that being the case where Justin Herbert, what's more probable? It's like trying to argue with God, like that Justin Herbert was either an amazing quarterback who 
the Chargers incorrectly analyzed was not ready to start the season because of the cultural norms of the NFL that says only quarterbacks sit when they're drafted at the top of the draft at the beginning of the years? Or is it that Justin Herbert was a top five pick who was totally unprepared for NFL football and then sat one single week? He sat a single football game and then miraculously became prepared enough to be an NFL quarterback. One of the dumbest arguments is the idea of quarterbacks sitting games or waiting to have them start. It's just the cultural norm of the NFL. There's no evidence to back it up either way, and there's no way we can ever prove it. It's just a theory like trying to discover God or gravity where it's like, this is incredibly probable. We just can't confirm it with 100% certainty because there's no way to ever have the sample size to prove a unified theory slash rule, but you should start rookie quarterbacks no matter what. Anyways, Justin Herbert sets the rookie touchdown record as uh, a rookie in 2020, wins rookie of the year over Justin Jefferson, who, you know, Justin Jefferson is might go for 2,000 yards this year. And Justin Herbert threw 29 touchdown passes his rookie year, and then last year came back and threw 31 touchdown passes. And Justin Herbert is so accurate Justin Herbert has a strong arm. He has all of the things that we talk about with Aaron Rodgers and Patrick Mahomes and and not Josh Allen, but Aaron Rodgers, Patrick Mahomes, and the best quarterbacks in the NFL. We just haven't had a large enough sample size to dictate it as such. And this is where the season for me and and part of the the game that we're going to watch on Thursday moves me in favor of Justin Herbert, which is the only reason the Chargers are one of the five best teams in the NFL this year going into the season while healthy is because of Justin Herbert. And I know Keenan Allen's not going to play on Thursday and JC Jackson's battling injuries and the Chargers are already falling apart because that's how the Chargers roll, baby. You can take the Chargers out of San Diego, but you can't take San Diego out of the Chargers. And so the Chargers have good players. And I will argue at the same time, so do 20, if not 20, 10 other teams in the NFL. Somewhere between 10 and 20 teams have the same level of talent, if not more, than what the Los Angeles Chargers possess. I'm going to call them the San Diego Chargers just because I'm from San Diego. The San Diego Chargers possess as much talent as 10 or 20 teams in the NFL. And the name of Khalil Mack is flashy. And people remember Derwin James from two years ago being a stud and the guy who's like, if he stays healthy, he's the best safety in the NFL. And Blake Jude said he was going to be a stud and got that right. And Keenan Allen's been around for years as a top receiver. And these are great players. These are Pro Bowl caliber players. It is the, the base level of stability that allows the Chargers to not be as terrible as the 2020 Texans. It's the base level of stability that makes them not last year's Seattle Seahawks. Is that they can have a great quarterback and they will not miss the playoffs. And then they missed the playoffs last year. I know they should have made the playoffs last year instead of the Raiders. They missed the playoffs last season and... 
the Chargers don't have a competitive advantage with a coach that we know is great. They don't have one of the seven or eight great coaches. Is Brandon Staley a bad coach? No evidence either way. Have no idea if Staley's a good coach or a bad coach. They just don't have a competitive advantage at the coaching position. They don't have superstar players on the level of Justin Herbert. The closest one you could say is Joey Bosa, and I definitely will hear out the arguments of Joey Bosa, and at the same time, 10 to 20 other teams have a defensive player better than, or as good as Joey Bosa. I'm not going to say better than Joey Bosa because Joey Bosa is incredible. 10 to 20 teams have a player on defense as good as Joey Bosa. Or if you want to take away defense, say like a non-quarterback player. If you want to like expand the field a little bit because you're counting teams that have a better defensive player than Joey Bosa. Say uh, a non quarterback that is as valuable as Joey Bosa what separates the Chargers from the group of say Pittsburgh what separates the Chargers from a team like Cleveland who has Miles Garrett what separates them from a team like the Vikings with Justin Jefferson is Justin Herbert the reason the Chargers are great is because of Justin Herbert and that's the exact same reason why the Baltimore Ravens in 2020, following the year where they were literally unbeatable, and we're going to talk about that a little more with Morgan from Australia, but the year the Ravens were unbeatable in 2019 when they won MVP and then they lost a fluke playoff game to the Titans because Derrick Henry's awesome and got a 14-point lead because of an incredibly improbable three plays that didn't go for Baltimore's way. The next season, Baltimore had more injuries to their team relative to like percentage of the salary cap than any team in the NFL. And the exact same thing happened to them last year. They finished second only behind the Detroit Lions. But 2020, they had a cataclysmic number of injuries. And Baltimore was still a top seven team or top six team or whatever you want to say the elite teams in the NFL were. Baltimore made it to the second round of the playoffs. Baltimore put up a fight against Buffalo. They were tied with Buffalo going in for a go-ahead drive in the second round of the playoffs, getting ready to get to the AFC Championship when Lamar Jackson threw a pick six. Baltimore was as good as the Buffalo Bills that year simply because they had Lamar Jackson. They had a cataclysmic number of injuries in 2020, and they almost made the AFC Championship because of Lamar Jackson. And I can argue the exact same point about Justin Herbert, and the reason that if I were a betting man, I would take the Chargers whatever the money line is, I think the Chiefs are three and a half point favorites in Los Angeles. I would bet the Chargers against Kansas City because of Justin Herbert. And we saw this last year. One of our most popular podcasts ever was the two and a half hour show we did after that amazing Chiefs Chargers game in 2021. It was on Thursday Night Football. It went to overtime. The Chargers went for it a bunch of different times. Travis Kelsey caught a pass and then was like wide open for 30 yards and it won the game and the Chiefs won the division because of it. Like the Chargers were a half a yard away from possibly moving into a tie for the AFC West which they would have lost the division in the end anyways because the Chargers had a terrible last month of the season. But the Chargers were in December, a fourth down half yard away from beating Kansas City and overtaking them for the AFC West. And what I told my Charger friends and what Blake Jude and I talked about on that podcast was that the Chargers were so close 
And that should be a huge accomplishment because Kansas City has the greatest quarterback in the NFL and the greatest offensive head coach ever. Kansas City is as dominant for the next decade and the last six years. They're going to be as dominant for 15 years as the New England Patriots were in the AFC East, where the Jets, Dolphins, and Bills were just shit for 15 years. Except for those two years that Tom Brady got hurt and the Jets made the AFC Champion. One year they beat Tom Brady and then another year Tom Brady got hurt and they made it to the AFC Championship. Apart from those years, Buffalo didn't make the playoffs for 17 years. Miami didn't win a playoff game for 17 years. And the Jets had have not made the playoffs since 2010. And before that, they weren't really making the playoffs either. But to, except for those two years in 2009-2010, the Jets weren't really making the playoffs either. And so, it's so fascinating to me that the Chargers are this close, and it's viewed as like, oh, it's a disappointment. And I feel like the expectations for the Chargers should be making the wild card, despite the fact that they have somehow, because of Justin Herbert, built a stable team that because they have quite possibly an elite quarterback and this year we will learn is an elite quarterback I think I'm already like right on the precipice of moving Justin Herbert into that group with Aaron Rodgers and Patrick Mahomes and Josh Allen and Lamar Jackson Justin Herbert we're getting the sample size large enough to prove he's a special quarterback and him being the reason the Chargers are a top five team in the NFL Hello. Hi, Kyle. How are you? I'm doing very well. How are you? Good, thanks. How was your week one of football? Wonderful. Your Cincinnati Bengals should have lost by 21, but almost tied in overtime. Glad to hear it. They're not my Cincinnati Bengals. Why don't we talk about my actual team, Kyle? I, I would be happy to talk about, you got the New Orleans t- Saints t-shirt, the one that's not the off-brand version that you can buy at whatever the equivalent of Walmart is in Australia. I don't know if you can do that here. It's We certainly don't sell New Orleans Saints things at our equivalent of Walmart, but um, I did get this on probably in Fanatics, I think. Nice. So you're happy to celebrate week one victory because... The Atlanta Falcons lost on some absolute fucking bullshit. 
Was the Falcon's Falcon? Yes. You know, I'm I'm saving this for a full podcast. If you had to guess, uh, since the Super Bowl where they lost to the uh, to the New England Patriots, how many times have the Falcons either blown a fourth quarter lead or lost on some absolute fucking bullshit in, the, in, mm. in just the five years since that's happened? Like, I just feel like it could be like a lot, like maybe four or five. Like, because I've got it, because I've got a meme. Um, they were thirty nine twenty four up against the Dallas Cowboys. They were twenty six ten up against the Chicago Bears. Twenty four seven against the Bucks, and then twenty six ten against the Saints. Mm-hmm. Those are all the biggest blown leads. There are some that are smaller blown leads, and some oh, that seventeen zero I... against Miami, and then mm-hmm. thirty to twenty against San Diego. So I guess See, that, that one was before the Super before. Bowl. We can count that one in the list as well. Uh, the, the correct answer of games where the Falcons have either blown a fourth quarter lead of any amount or lost a game on some absolute fucking bullshit like that time they lost to the Chiefs when they led the entire game and then Young Way Koo missed his first kick of the season at the end of the game. The correct answer is 16. <laughs> 16 times wow. that the Falcons have lost That's on some bullshit. That's basically three games a season. Yeah, that's just so ridiculous. Mm-hmm. Seems impossible. They lost <laughs> that game to the Cowboys, the Bears. 2020, they blew a lead to the Saints. Uh, they blew a lead to Tampa 17-0 and 24-7 in the same game. Uh, they lost to Kansas City in 2020. There was that game where Todd Gurley scored a touchdown when he could have just gone to the ground and they kicked a, They scored a touchdown instead of just kicking a field goal and then Stafford beat them. Oh, yeah, they gave the ball back and they shouldn't. Mm-hmm, yep. Blew an eight-point lead in 10 minutes against Washington last year. Yeah, they, they keep losing on some bullshit. Happened in a playoff game, too. Happened to they, them against they the 16, Eagles. They were 16 points up in the last quarter. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like, yesterday was 26-10 with 11 minutes to go and losing with one. Well, I guess it was Sunday, not yesterday, but it was 26-10, to 10, and then it was 27-26 to 26 again on some bullshit. Like that, that game was dumb, and there was dumb stuff on both sides in that game. Like why mm-hmm. they went for two by giving it to Ingram, I fucking will never know. That, that's just incomprehensible to me like if you're going to go with that surely that's a Taysom Hill package it's not a Mark Ingram package I don't or you could just like not overthink it or you could just not like I don't know I don't know if anyone noticed but um the combination of Jameis and Michael Thomas was kind of hot so hot right now it was so hot it got it got so hot in that last quarter got steamy watching Michael Thomas yeah, the red, ri- the red rifle thought he was going to get a, a gig, and then he didn't. <laughs> mm-hmm. Poor thing, Michael Thomas, who still, even despite the fact he disappeared for about two years, I guess twenty about he disappeared for twenty two months, still looks like he's good at sex. Michael Thomas is back. 
back, baby. I was going to say, instead of overthinking it, how about you just like give it to Alvin Kamara? Because Alvin Kamara is like still one of the best running backs in the NFL. If you're going to give it to any of your running backs, surely that's the play. But I don't know. Well, no, I do know. That was the wrong person. Yeah, that was the wrong play. We've come up with three that we should have given it to before Mark Ingram. Yeah, Taysom Hill package, Alvin Kamara, Michael Thomas. Throw it to Michael Thomas, throw it to Jarvis Landry. Even Chris Olave. Even that might have been a better move. I really love Tyron Matthew. Really, really love him. He looks good uh, as a saint. Honey Badger. Welcome home. Welcome home. Even though he got kicked out of LSU. Welcome home. Yeah. Whoops. Yeah. Saints are going to be cool. Saints are, Saints are fun. Cool. Saints are fun to watch. Yeah. I, well, I don't know. Their their defense is fun to watch. It's kind of like how the um the Miami Dolphins are fun to watch. It's like it's fun when you're on the red zone and they keep getting turnovers all the time. I obviously I didn't watch the full Saints Falcons game, so I didn't get the no surely no one same did. experience. I, I, I certainly didn't. I watched the last quarter, um, but I didn't. They didn't pop up on red zone very much at the start of the game. You didn't. Well, yeah, because the Falcons were up like. 21-7 before they could even blink. Yeah, it'll take time. Whatever. It worked enough. Wins for a today. win. Yeah, you bank that. Conference win. Let's division win. Let's just keep keep it rolling. Yeah. The and I game. don't think there was I don't think there was anything that was too shocking from our other conference opponents to go, wow, we've got no chance here. Yeah, I think my conclusion is that uh, there are basically no good teams in the NFC. That's kind of my, or like no great teams in the NFC. There's a lot of good teams and no great teams in the NFC. Like I think the five best teams are all in the AFC and that's kind of weird. But I mean, I tried to say that maybe there's just not bad teams, but that that's just a lie. I think with like round, round one of the season is not, should not be used as fodder. Like it's just, it's well, uh, my friend Gage Bridgeford, friend of the show Gage Bridgeford, had a great tweet about this, which is like week one doesn't mean anything unless week one confirms your already preconceived notions about something. Then week one yeah. matters a lot. Aaron Rodgers once again stinking it up in a round one. Yeah. Interesting. Me yelling at the Pittsburgh Steelers for being terrible <laughs> and be, being able to have that be confirmed because in... 69 nice minutes of football. Mitchell Trubisky scored three points on offense. I just, I don't understand how the Bengals were ever in that game. No, any competent football, any playoff football team would have won like, by 21 points. No, and... nobody in their right mind who supports Pittsburgh Steelers should have walked away from that going. That was a good win because that was awful. The fact that Cincinnati could have that many turnovers, that many sacks, that many sacks, that many picks, that like just awful. They were awful. You know, this was, and you couldn't even come close to taking advantage of that shit else. This was before, obviously the Cowboys scored three points and Dak Prescott got hurt. So I think they might take the cake of this title, but I was like, it literally could not have gone worse for the Bengals in week one. Like their offensive line totally imploded. 
they had five turnovers. T Higgins got a concussion in the second quarter. Like it literally could not have gone worse for the Bengals. And they still almost won because Mm -hmm. Pittsburgh had three points that were not off turnovers in the entire football game. And well, I guess until the very end where Mitch Trubisky made the one like, fuck it, Devontae Adams got to be down there somewhere play to Fryermuth, And then they won the game. That was a close your eyes and hope. Like, See, I was going to go that route. And then I'm like, Mariota did that. And there was just no one there. (laughs) Yeah. See, I was going to go that route. And then I'm like, if Patrick Mahomes did that, I would have been calling it the play of the year. It's one of those like a broken clock is right twice every day. That's kind of what that Mitch Trubisky pass was. It's like, yeah, eventually he's going to have a like when uh, like when Kirk Cousins led that game winning drive against the Saints in the playoffs a few years ago in uh, what was that? 2019 in overtime. Throw enough dots. Yeah, exactly. Eventually, Kirk Cousins is going to complete a 60 yard pass to Adam Thielen to beat the Saints in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Anyway, whatever. Marcus yeah. Mariota is terrible. The Falcons, the Falcons did some good things. They were interesting. Blah blah blah. They still were. They were not interesting at all. Well, I guess I only caught the parts of the game that weren't interesting for the Falcons. But they did get twenty six points in two and a half quarters. So maybe that part mm-hmm. was interesting. Yeah, but they still can't score in the last quarter. So yeah, just bullshit. But the Falcon, I I laughed about this last week when we were talking about the start of the season. The Falcons won't have the number one pick. They'll have the number four pick. They're not that bad. They'll not have bad the number four that. pick. Um. Once again, I was confirmed in my opinion that Matt Ryan absolutely stinks. One day, smart footballing minds like Mina Kimes will come around. She's going to give it one more week. She said, "I, uh, uh, you're like two years." behind me mean but get with the program yes i have been calling him the rotting corpse of matt ryan ever since uh that thanksgiving game against the saints in which uh what was it like shy tuttle like stiff harmed him into oblivion on a pick six you can put lipstick on a pig but it's still a pig and matt ryan still stinks even if you take a man of atlanta i mean he's just I mean, he doesn't stink, but he is much, much worse than Matt Ryan used to be. But he's much, much worse than I have to hear everyone say he is. Stop yeah. trying to make Matt Ryan happen. It's not going to There are people who are like behind the curve on Matt Ryan, because if you look at the numbers themselves, Matt Ryan last year was like barely a top 10. Like he was a better quarterback than Lamar Jackson last year. And at the same time. We all know that a lot of that is empty stats and playing on a team that happened to win a lot of one score games because Matt Ryan still kind of can lead a game winning drive at the end of uh, a game, shall we say. (laughs) You just said that Matt Ryan can win a game winning drive at the end of a game and we started this podcast by going through all the times the Atlanta Falcons lost. Well, those were all the Falcons defense. That was the, the I mean, Matt Ryan threw threw up on himself a few times, but like, okay, so there, there are a bunch of them that are Matt Ryan's fault, but at least Matt Ryan's kind of in that like Matthew Stafford range where it's like, he's is getting, he going to throw up on himself he's sometimes? Caught, yeah. He's getting caught in the fact that no one says he's shit. But he's shit. If Lamar Jackson played like Matt Ryan, he would be lambasted. Like he would be laughed out of the NFL. But Lamar Jackson just gets no respect for no reason. Hmm. Yeah, it's, it's just infuriating. Like I had to listen to Mina and Dominic talk about three AFC quarterbacks who are who are just like the most amazing things in the world, and I was like, "Where's Lamar? Like, why are we doing this?" Why I hope so one of those wasn't Joe Burrow. 
No. Why are we so okay. desperate to crown somebody else? Oh, no. One of them was Herbert. Do it in a Okay, final. that one. I I understand that one. Because, like, you oh. know how Mina said she's, like, one week away from, like, reevaluating Matt Ryan? I'm in that camp where it's, like, I'm one week away from putting Herbert in that elite group. I'm, like, You're I'm one idiot. week away. I'm, I'm one playoff away from going. But just Justin Herbert's so good at football. He just That's happens great. to play for a bad team. He's so good at football. He he is the he is the only. I know that people think that the Chargers have a lot of talent. Like the Chargers have as much talent as like any team that is competent in the NFL. Like he is the only reason that they will be a top five team at the end of the season. Is Justin Herbert and Justin Herbert being surrounded with just a base level of competence? Justin Herbert's so good at football, but so is Lamar Jackson. Those don't have to be mutually exclusive. The treatment of one is completely different to the treatment of other, and one of them's a MVP winning quarterback. Who- Not just an MVP winning quarterback, like literally unbeatable in 2019. Like they yeah. literally went 13 and 0 after the Chiefs game. It like yeah. people talk about, oh my gosh, you know, right. Aaron Rodgers is unbeatable. Lamar Jackson was literally unbeatable. That literally nobody beat him in the entire regular season mm-hmm. for an entire MVP year. If Justin like, Herbert did that, they'd erect a fucking statue that no one would look at. Yeah, uh, I was listening to someone in Los Angeles who's basically describing like, yeah, most people don't even realize the Chargers are still here. <laughs> it's It's been six years and they don't realize the Chargers are there. Nobody but, like, there would know what Justin Herbert looks like. Yeah. I think you got it there. But the Chargers are not that great of a roster. Like everyone's like, oh, look at them. They have Khalil Mack. They have uh Derwin James. They have Asante Samuel Jr. They have Nick Bosa. I'm like, those are good players. It's just the base level of talent that any football team has. Like every team that is the decent. Saints have eight players better than that. Yeah, exactly. Like any decent football team. We get team, no respect. Like we we got Fucking our yeah no our our roster gets no respect like our great players like Demario Davis Demario Davis is a king some respect Demario yeah Demario Davis is great and because Khalil Mack once upon a time dominated the NFL it's like he's there and because uh, Joey Bosa I'll say Joey Bosa is the one player on that team that's like oh yeah this guy is like above and beyond but like again twenty teams have a Nick Bosa or sorry have a Joey Bosa on their team or a player as valuable as Joey Bosa. It's like, Oh, we can list this player. Who's great. And like, I don't know the, the, well, the Falcons, <laughs> the Falcons don't have a player on their team as great as Joey Bosa, but like even Washington has a player on their team as great as Joey Bosa and Washington is shit. Like every team has a great player except for like six. And those six are tanking to try and find a great player. Yeah. Okay. But the Chargers are also amazing because they have Justin Herbert and only because they have Justin Herbert. I'm not buying it. You're not buying it? Not over Baltimore? No, absolutely not over Baltimore. Ridiculous. I'm with you there. And at the same time, I think the Chargers might beat Kansas City on, well, today, by the time people are listening to this with the second Thursday night game of the year back-to-back. I think the Chargers might win that game. Oh, Jesus. I, this week has flown. Yeah. 
And it's one of those like five games of the year that's like must watch football because the NFL puts all the most important games in the first four weeks of the season because everyone's healthy. Yeah. Well, yeah. I started my new job this week. So, like, Yay. it's just. Yeah. Yeah. Like, so happy that it's happened. But, gee. It's the good job, right? It's the, yeah, it's it's the, good, the good job. Yeah. Yay. But, oh, God, do I have a lot to learn. Like I get it. When I was when I was doing the last job, all I could think about was I just want to sit in an office, just want to sit in my chair and just use my brain. And now I'm like, Jesus Christ. Now you're sitting uh, in an office using your brain and you're like, I haven't done this in a while. Not just that, like I'm responsible for people's lives now. I'm not equipped. <laughs> anyway, but I will be. Don't don't worry, people of Australia. <laughs> Don't worry, people of Australia, of which you and your direct friends are the only people listening to this show. No, my friends don't. Um, <laughs> just um, I get no, just, no. I get I I can see the metrics. Someone there's like four people listening from Australia. Assuming you're wonderful. listening so, every now and again, there's like mm-hmm. four people listening in Australia. Well, hello to my three three friends. Reach out. Um, but in like honestly, don't call an ambulance because I don't know what to do. Yeah. <laughs> Not yet. Just for the yet. for the next three weeks, don't call an ambulance. Oh no, I'm still in training for five weeks. Okay, but so for the next, I don't know what anything is yet. Fuck. So in November, would... don't call an ambulance. Yeah, correct. Don't die in November. Don't die in November. Keep that in mind. Anyone within the unless you're like fully dead already, and then they just need to move dead body. That's not. So that's not time critical. If, any... <laughs> if you can hear me, just understand. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry, I had good intentions. Good to know. Yeah. I'm terrified already. <laughs> I've been there three days. I'm terrified. <laughs> it's gonna be fun. It's gonna be fun. Just gotta fun. exhale a little bit and well, I guess exhale into the, the vape, but exhale a little bit and it'll be okay. I find it really funny, like I th- in most workplaces that I've, well, in every workplace I've worked at, like smoking and smokers are like really dissipated over the years. Not this workplace. Everybody smokes because this job is fucking stressful. <laughs> it's a high stress job with lives on the line. That yeah. Is, uh... Even on the front door, it's like new smoking area this way. We don't, <laughs> we, don't, we don't tell you not to smoke. We cater for you because we know your life is a bit shit. <laughs> We get it. <laughs> we get it. And here, I like the I'm, idea that it's like uh, the the smoke area, the designated smoke area is like a hookah lounge where they set up like chairs and such, where it's like very calming and and trying to lower oh no, your. There's, there's heaps of those areas like in the building, like there's all these like little theater rooms and quiet areas, and then there's a gym and there's a there's a table tennis area, a basketball area. There's all these areas where you can unwind after like someone's died on the phone to you. Radical. Well, let's awkward transition this shit. <laughs> let's well, that's, awkward just, transition. that's just a reality of the job. After I finished work today, I was having a smoke at the front and some lady goes to me, oh, you're new? And I was like, yeah, yeah, because everyone else is in uniform and I wasn't. And she goes, oh, yeah. She goes, oh, what, what are you doing? And I said, ambulance. And she goes, oh, I'm police. She goes, some bitch just called me. She goes, I just found me mum hanging. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry for like, laughing at that, but just the way that that was. The way she goes, it's okay, honey, you'll harden up. And I was like, oh, I thought I was hard. I, my, just, my, face, my, my face must have said otherwise. 
and and then she goes excuse me she's black <laughs> like as in like not 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 her skin color was black like she's black <laughs> she goes well probably should have checked on her earlier i was like oh my god oh my god but that's i guess what okay happens. the phrase the, the like nonchalant nature of the way the person's describing it is something and then she was like, like uh, she's like can you just give me the address and then she's like pretending to like put things in her cart <laughs> and like as she's talking i was like oh my god what the that's Ooh. like I'm. I've got a dark sense of humor, but geez, like this woman, I don't know if I was being hazed or what. <laughs> no, I think that's just after a certain while, you've seen enough of these where it's like you can kind of just do it like uh, backwards, sideways, and moving forward. Like you just kind of know what to do in these situations, where you're just like, mm-hmm, well, well, guess guess you should have checked yeah, on her sooner. I, yeah, I just don't know if I've got that in me. Like I'm, I'm too emotional for that certain part of you has to die in order to do a very uh in order for them to live that's poetic see dark sense of humor right there and this is like probably some left brain right brain stuff like the analytical part of your brain is probably more important for this job than the emotional side of the brain because it's a whole lot of death maybe oh yeah a whole lot of death and a whole lot of bad no one's calling up because they're happy I like chaos. I like pressure. It'll be fun in those parts. I'll save people. That'll be cool. Anyway, I've got a cool story. I'm going to Sydney on Friday. Ooh. Driving there, which is eight and a half hours. Fuck my life. On my birthday. Happy birthday to Thanks. him. I don't you care. Do, you do care. Good luck. Thank you. Um, because Collingwood are playing in a final on Saturday in Sydney. But it's not the grand final. No, it's not, uh, the, grand, not the grand final because we play the grand final in Melbourne. Okay. So this is... Uh, always. Well, except for COVID, but yeah, always. How, how many teams are left in the playoff? Four. Four? Wow. That's pretty good. It is pretty good considering last year we finished 17th out of 18. Uh-huh. And you were projected to finish the same this year. 18th out of 18 we were projected. So... Oh, we, sorry. Uh, we Disrespect are. adds one more place to exactly, it. Congratulations. Exactly right. You're <laughs> the chief football writer said we would finish on the bottom and we'd finished well, we Congratulations. finished fourth position during the normal season. And we're currently one of four teams left. And so my mum bought us tickets to the game and we're driving up on Friday and we'll drive back on Sunday. And I'm incredibly nervous already. <laughs> that is completely understandable. That's yeah. completely understandable. It's a like, big game for you. It is a big game. And like the airlines, as an ex-airline employee, I shouldn't be surprised, increase the price of the flights to like from 100 bucks, 150 bucks each way to $1,000 each way. So yeah, every man and his dog are going to, yeah, they knew they put on extra flights as well. So everyone's going to drive up. So that'll be a fun drive. That should be a fun drive. Look, eight and a half hours with your family. I've got a lot with just my mum. I've got a lot of study to do. I can just put some headphones in and study and talk on the phone and whatever. I'll pass the time. Yeah. You know what? You can do it. I can do it. I will do it. Mm-hmm. Eight and a half hours it. of podcasting and driving and podcasting if she she tells me half an hour in that she doesn't want to listen to my podcast i will die 
yeah when when amin el hassan's voice comes on it's just like uh could we do something else look at me louie look at me louie so do you remember uh i told you that uh, i met amin el hassan at the nba finals this year yeah you were mean to him yeah uh no i was not mean to him i just yelled i did the fan thing where i was like love you on the levitard show and then he just walked by um I I connected the dots a little bit ago, and I realized that that day that I saw him was the infamous showing yeah, Kevin O'Connor his computer. Corner. Yeah, yeah, and uh, I think that uh, that's something that I can carry with me as a celebrity sighting because I don't have any other ones like that. But yeah, it's a uh, it's a lore of Lebetard history now. Yeah, no, I knew that it was that day. I remembered. I forgot about it until just recently when I connected the dots where I was like, oh, wait, that's right. That was that day. Yeah, because then you f- I remember you felt bad that you'd done it because that was the day that that happened. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. Look at what that. a weird Look at me remembering shit. Look at me. Look at you. Remember. Look at you having better memory than me about the events of my life. Yeah, I've got a pretty good memory. Good to know. Yeah. Elephant. I love elephants. I was just telling Nathan today how much I love elephants. I'm obsessed with them. Makes sense. I would have Good top man. five animal. Top five animal for sure. Morgan's top five animals in the world coming <laughs> up here. Ta-da! We need a different sound effect. Uh, what do I have in my archive of sound effects here oh, that God, we can I'm replace it with? Um. We could play the Miami Dolphins T-Pain song. Uh, play whatever you, you want. Can... Number five, the platypus. Ta-da. Number That's four. That's a good one. Pl- platypus, is, a platypus good one. is a good one. It's a great animal. Number four, the giraffe. Uh-uh. I was going to say that, I was going to say it seems like zoo animals are kind of the theme, but I don't know how many zoos have platypi. Um, I don't know if there are any at the Melbourne Zoo. I know that they are. We have three zoos in this state, and one of them is just like a. It's called Hillsville Sanctuary, and that's kind of more Australian animals. They have them there because I've seen them there. I feel like I um, also deserve the fancy lad sound because I knew what I was doing when I said platypi. Yeah, platypi. yeah I know you were just flexing. I was just going to ignore it, of course. Um, number three, the wombat. Uh, Great animal, huge wombat. Uh, wombat's pretty cool. That's that one. I think they're a cool animal. And then I don't soft. know if I've you ever think, seen one in real they, life because there aren't they wombats soft. here. But. No, you think they look soft? They're not soft. Uh, number two, the great white shark. Ta-da. Obsessed. It's interesting. Only water animal on the list. I don't like water. Like I don't. No, that's not true. I don't like dolphins. I hate dolphins very, very much. Like overrated. Hate dolphins so much. And they gang rape. They're the only animals that apparently have sex for pleasure and they gang rape other other dolphins. Uh, Sea otters are also in that group. Look it up. Sea otters are also uh, gang rapers. And and seals melt mountain you if you piss in the water. Just note. So they're not on the list. Mm -hmm. Um, And, yeah, number one's elephants already ruined that. But great white sharks. I also discussed that today with Nathan about how I want to go. I want to see a great white shark. 
Like I'm desperate. I want to go in a cage. I want one to swim up to me. I want to feel like I'm about to die. That is my bucket list. Okay, so so you like the great white shark in terms of the adrenaline rush? Because I was thinking, like, I don't think you have to go in like a cage to be near a great white shark. Like, I'm pretty sure a lot of these like boating excursions can like get great white sharks to come up to you, and like you can no, touch but them. I, no, you no, 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 no. No, I want to swim with them. Like, I I want to be near them. I don't want them to be like. I don't want them to chum the waters and stuff like that and do. Okay, you don't want them to be to like dolphins where you can come up and pet them. No, no, I don't know. I want them to be in their own habitat, just living their lives normally, happily, and then just stumble upon big idiot me in a cage. Okay. Just I living think that their that best. Would be a... And then stumbling upon me and being like, what is this idiot doing? I always felt like those cages were too small. I'm sure you can just make them a little bit bigger. But, I don't know, but um, guess we'll find out. Yeah, like, uh, like Shark Week is the best week of the year. As much as I love elephants, like I love Shark Week. We I don't have talked about Shark Week the, before. Yeah. I think it's a cool. I don't watch any of the dumb. Do not watch any of the other dumb shark shows. Like Mako, get out, get in the bin. All the <laughs> other dumb sharks are just nothing. Like they are just. Can, can I also say, how has someone not come up with a Shark Week show called Mako Break? Like, like make or break, but it's Mako. No, I get it. No, instead we're too busy getting Michael Phelps to swim against a great white shark. And didn't Shaq do something with a great white shark once upon a time? I can't remember what that was, but... I know there was definitely they, another athlete that did something with an animal. Yeah, they, they usually get celebrities or athletes to do stuff with sharks. Like, I think Mike Tyson was the person one year who went on Shark Week. and Yeah. Paul Walker was on it a lot when he was alive. Um, <laughs> I was going to make a very bad joke then. <laughs> I was going to say, celebrities doing stuff with animals. I was Michael Jackson did stuff with animals. He did have a monkey. Yeah, yeah. Michael Jackson did do stuff with animals. Yeah. Blow bubbles. Yeah. Shark that was week. The name of the monkey. Yeah. <laughs> I knew I had to explain that to you, Carl, because you're too young. But the monkey's name was Bubbles. Okay. Yeah. No, I I know the I've seen the Michael Jackson documentaries, so uh, that's that's my reference point to this. There you go. I do know of Michael Jackson's. Uh, it's the reason I can't listen to Michael Jackson music anymore. Yes, Michael Jackson's escapades. Oh, so you've got a line that you can't cross. It just it's yeah pedophilia. I guess is the line that uh. I don't think I can cross. Interbestiality depends. Pedophilia, not, yeah, no, not no, going to that. But like I'll say, I'm the only person in a football arena that's taking a moral stand against a guy that's sexually assaulted a woman. Currently, I am losing this moral battle week by week as this guy dominates more and more. I'm the only person who won't clap him. And I've just... So your silent protest at this point because a vocal yeah, protest is, is just, ineffective. Yeah, it is just failing miserably. And now my mum keeps yelling at me because I keep yelling out bad things to him. Sports fandoms are weird. 
And then I was like, but what if that was your daughter? She's like, shut up. you shit. This is my escapism. What I feel like that thinking? happens a lot more in other country sports too. I'm like, but mom, they employ more women than men. She's like, shut up. Watch the game. <laughs> That's so great, actually. What like that would be a great character. I don't know how I could work it out on air, but the character of like the the uber moralist sports fan who's like, I'm going to root for this team because their record on diversity ranks in the 72nd percentile, according to the United States uh, Association of Diversity and Inclusion surveys. Uh, well, look, I, I, if if that was the case, I could not support the team that I do support because we don't have a great track record when it this, comes this to, goes on when multiple it comes fronts to a, a lot of things especially when it comes to uh being racists um we have been absolutely or, found to be racist multiple times out like our players our support records with women's our, rights our executives exactly right but when you're the biggest you're going to cop the most shit but we are also terrible and so the they funny, brought, the funny part about this, this is that it could the be do better report, and that was like how they're going to do better, like with the way they treat Indigenous Australians, the way they handle blah 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 blah. And so they came out with this report that said all these bad things that they had done, but everyone knew they'd done them, but like they tabled it in writing, so everyone's like, "Look how bad they are." I was like, "Well, where's your fucking report? Like, you just aren't looking. It doesn't mean yeah. they're not there. Like, we're kind of copping it on the chin publicly." While you guys all scamper away and be like, look at them. Everyone look at them. Like, we're all fucking guilty, especially in this country, because I live in a racist country. But- I live in a racist country. <laughs> Funny racist- part is all that stuff you're describing applies to two of your teams, because you're also an LSU fan. Thank you, Kyle. And talk about how the saints pay the church. Oh, yeah, that's the other part. I mean, that one's not necessarily racism or sexism. That's like covering up pedophilia, covering up sex crimes. Oh, yeah, Boston Celtics. Yep, you're right. Boston Celtics are in that group, too. Uh, What do the the Chicago Cubs do that's bad? Lose. uh, Old racist owner is the only thing I can think of. The Ricketts family have profited for too long on Sammy Sosa. Sure. I guess in the grand scheme of things, theirs are not as bad as some of the other ones. I but again, moralist sports so fan. Much. That was one of my favorite rejoins. Like, Sammy Sosa wasn't there when the Ricketts family owned the cups. <laughs> Such a great rejoin. It's so great. Peaks pinnacle of Stugats. See, this is why you should convert to Bengals fandom. They're, no. They're... As far as I know, not awful. They're just really, actually, really cheap. I heard you mention me when talking about the Bengals in a podcast this week, Kyle. Oh, you listen. I, yes, you can see that from your statistics. I listen. And I was like, why are you talking about me for? Can I, could you get my name out of your mouth? <laughs> <laughs> Is it because I didn't like shit all over Saturday? Well, I'm on it. That guy's an idiot. Wait, who are you talking about? The coach of who the oh Zach Cincinnati. Taylor Zach oh Taylor, Zach yeah. Taylor yeah yeah he has yeah. no game awareness zero you mean the you mean like, the dumbass Zach Taylor yeah yeah the dumbass Zach Taylor who didn't like challenge the fact that that was a touchdown the ball the ball crossed the plane okay but challenge. yeah no he couldn't challenge that because it was the final two minutes that one's on the referees for not going to challenge that. But the Bengals also went up to the line of scrimmage and like immediately tried to snap it. 
which I, I guess they thought maybe he stepped out of bounds or something. I don't know. That one's just yeah, on the referees. Just, they're, no, they're stupid. They are stupid. He's stupid. They're stupid. Uh, yeah, yeah. I think we and have the evidence Joe now that suggests that. had a nightmare that... game. A nightmare game. Yeah. I, I, we had it last year, but I didn't want to say it because he, like, made the Super Bowl and it's, like, stupid. But I'm like, this guy's kind of, like, a bad coach. This guy, like, Zach Taylor's not just, like, a a coach that doesn't add value. Like, he should have been fired before last Super Bowl season. Like, he should have been fired in 2020. I think you were very clear on that he is detrimental to the Cincinnati Bengals. I just think he's dumb. I don't know. Like, the the only coach... He almost cost them a Super Bowl berth because he tried to call a timeout. Oh yeah, yeah. I've, I mean, I've, people on the podcast are tired of me saying it, but yeah, he called. He tried to call timeout on the game-winning interception against the Titans in the playoffs, and then yesterday. I mean, we talk about the the challenge one in overtime with a minute to go. He punted the ball twenty-one seconds before the clock ran out with a running clock that ultimately let the Steelers go down and win the game because Mitch Trubisky had one of his broken clock is right twice a day passes. And they won the game because they had that extra 21 seconds. They kicked a field goal on the last play of the game. If you run out those 21 seconds, maybe they don't get down the field that fast and you possibly get a tie instead of a loss. Yeah. Yeah. Zach Taylor had like three or four dumbass decisions that we will all forget about because of what Nathaniel Hackett did on Monday. But when you're like a full dope, like that's going to happen. Like Jameis Winston, like, cost us because he didn't realize that Jarvis Landry went out of bounds and that the clock had stopped. So then he tried to go and clock the ball to stop the clock, but the clock had already stopped. So then it got called for intentional grounding because he's a dope. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. Jameis has a couple of those like mind not clicking like, correct plays. It's just. Yeah, no, like complete brain fades. Like everyone could see that like. Landry was running alone down the side of the field and ran out of bounds. Where the mm-hmm. fuck did James think he went? Yeah. I, over I, a long I, blade of grass? What's going on? I think the, the the takeaway is just that he does less of those than he used to, and so it's a nominal improvement. Kyle, the man was blind and now he can see. Like I, yeah, don't, I don't think, think he's I don't think he's done very much while track. being able to see though. Like yes, he I, has. He's his stats have improved dramatically dramatically he's only played in like six games super injured <laughs> like, yeah but what can he do in in those six games he's been better remarkably in those, in remarkably those six better. games his completion percentage is higher than his career high that that is tech uh actually no it is not let me take the average Around one his- last year he had the highest quarterback rating of anyone it's going to take a second to calculate this, but let's see. Jameis Winston, 67% in the last game. He played seven games last year and had a total of a 59% completion percentage, uh, which would have been his only worse than his rookie year. Had a worse completion percentage than he did last year. Um, trying to figure out he how had many passes nobody, he threw. Hang on. He had nobody to throw to. That's, that's, I think that's very... Harsh. You can be correct. I'm just saying that he his completion percentage has not improved. He just isn't turning. He's like 16 touchdowns to three interceptions, which is awesome. It's just uh, the passes are falling incomplete instead of being intercepted, and that is a big improvement because I think now that he has. You'll find that this 
that, that, that I think that can be attributed to the fact of the quality of the receivers he was throwing to. I think you'll find that this year that'll improve because he'll be, or the stats, stats will change completely, but he's, because he's throwing to a completely different class of receiver. He's got Michael Thomas back. Michael Thomas, even like still recovering from injury, still with hamstring issues, was able to burn people. His hands were still perfect. Like he was fantastic. Mm-hmm. Alave is only going to get better. Jarvis Landry is always going to be there for seven yards. Like, <laughs> and that's not a slight on Jarvis Landry. I really like him. And he was the only highlight that I saw when I went to an NFL game. So, like, I love Jarvis and I'm glad he's on the team. But the quality of receiver is definitely better this season. So, onwards and upwards for my friend Winston. Statistically, Winston had his best season ever last year when he was healthy. You are Thank correct. You. Thank you. He he did have his best you know season why? ever. He had his wrists going and his ankles going. Then he had his elbows and his. Well, knee then he had a torn ACL. And then he and had his shoulders. And what are your shoulders? They're your hips. Everything's mm-hmm. symmetrical, according to Jameis. Yeah, right. that's why he does that uh, that weird thing that Dak Prescott took over with the hip sway and the moving up yeah, and down the field. Did you see the that press conference where he was like reading out the parts of his body and he's like, what are the, what are your wrists? Well, they're your ankles. It was so yeah. funny. Jameis, Jameis Winston has always been a wild dude and it's just kind of who he cadet. is at this point. With questionable past, but a space cadet. Yeah, it's... Uh, I don't know if you remember the Levitard talking about the Neil Brennan quote that he brings up all the time where it's like he does football at the wrong time. Sometimes it's like, yeah, that's kind of Jameis Winston. Does he have the same sexually predatory past as Ben Roethlisberger? Kind of. Does he also say stupid shit every now and again? Yeah, he does. It's just backwoods yeah, so of I'm, Florida I'm, I'm very, being brought very, to. very, very, very morally confounded when it comes to Jameis because I didn't. I didn't support Jameson. I didn't know that that was a thing. It, I feel morally conflicted. Yeah, it's it's backwoods of Florida. If you know stuff about Jameis Winston's dad, it's kind of complicated too. Like, it's easy to empathize with him until you get to the like assaulting an Uber driver. Then it becomes okay. That's where we kind of gotta start having a more drawing the line on the silliness for Jameis Winston because it is very much backwards of Florida co- become Heisman Trophy first ever true freshman Heisman Trophy winner and now all of a sudden is on the national spotlight but steals crab legs and says dumb shit and eats W's and we can laugh at him but then there's also the parts that are like this is definitely crossing the line yeah you just can't like anyone these days Everyone's bad. You just can't like invest in like the performances of grown men being your idols because they will ultimately disappoint in some way, shape, or form. Oh, Kyle, please. My mum taught me early that men were always going to disappoint me. I know. 